Hello and welcome back to the Car Week Podcast. It is episode 11 and like always, we're starting with motorsport. Yeah, and uh, the past weekend we had the Mexican Grand Prix. Going into this Grand Prix, Ham- uh, Lewis Hamilton could have clinched the uh, world driver's title, con- uh, finishing on another double for Mercedes, if he outscored his teammate Valtteri Bottas by 14 points. Mm-hmm. Quite a big def- uh, deficit when you think about the point system in F1 nowadays. I think it was if Hamilton finished first, Bottas had to finish somewhere like just below the top six. So something that's probably not going to happen. So mm. it was always going to roll on to Austin. But if we start off the weekend with free practice one, we got straight into the action with Lance Stroll hitting the barrier in the final corner. He was just going through the final turn in for free practice on a fast lap. He lost the rear end of the car and uh, slammed into the barrier. Not too bad. He did. He was able to continue and finish in the uh, pits. But yeah. He uh, slammed into the barrier. It's not favourable. No, not favourable for anyone. And then uh, straight into FP2, Albon. He has another crash, which I, I, I hate to say, it's kind of sort of common theme for Albon now to crash in like practice. Yeah, a little bit. He's like done it back in Baku. Uh, no, I think it was China. He did it. Uh, started from the pit lane, and then just most race weekends now, like every other race weekend, all I seem to see is Albon's crashed in free practice. Yeah, in practice. And it's sort of like. It's a sad thing to see, but is no, I get what you mean. It's almost like becoming a it's becoming a thing. habit. It's, <laughs> he does all right in the races and qualifying, but I don't, it's like he has a lapse of judgment in the practice <laughs> sessions, and he's like, "I'm going to put this car on the wall now." I think that's a smart idea. This is doing that 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 logic of uh, it's all right if I make the mistakes now because I won't do it later. Yeah, I think that's sort <laughs> of the way he's going with it. But uh, FP3 wasn't really anything noteworthy, just everyone getting in some more practice and uh, practice times and uh, just seeing how long the tyres could go because Mexico is notorious as a high tyre degradation circuit due to being at such a high altitude and then the weather conditions. But uh, if we move on to qualifying, the only noteworthy thing in qualifying, well, I say noteworthy, it was uh, Valtteri Bottas slamming straight into the barrier in Q3, which I don't know if any of you saw the crash, but... I, s- actually, I saw it. It looks like quite a hefty crash. Because he's, he, again, he's lost the rear like Stroll did in uh, FP1. He slammed into the barrier, but with the speed he was carrying, because he was on the exit of it, he's kept scraping down the barrier. And the way it does, the way that barrier is made, it sticks out a little bit from the, yeah, it goes from the from final the corner. stuff and then a bit of a wall sticks up. And yeah, straight into that. and he slammed straight into that at quite a bit of speed, which I know from experience in a car when you've got uh, all five straps is not... A, thing you really want to happen yeah. So, yeah. especially stopping at such a sudden speed like that oh yeah it was suddenly he was going around the corner fast and next thing you know he's just completely stopped yeah. it was oh, it was a big it was a big accident but luckily he's okay but that wasn't the only drama in uh, qualifying Max Verstappen we thought so, uh, finished on pole he uh, second pole of his career set a blistering time on his final run in the final sector right where Bottas crashed Yeah, and then uh there was no investigation into it. And everyone thought, okay, it's fine. He's on pole. Don't, don't worry about it. Good on him. Uh, then Max Verstappen, I don't quite know why he said it, but he, he said it in the press conference after. Yes, I was aware of the Bottas crash. I just didn't care. <laughs> so he's basically admitted to blatantly ignoring double yellow wave flags, which means slow down. And um, yeah, he... Uh, Magically an investigation. Yeah, happened. magically an investigation appeared and he's been docked three places on his uh, start position. So that handed another uh, pole position to Charles Leclerc, which I'm not going to complain about because uh, <laughs> my boy got another pole position. So looking good for him until Ferrari do what Ferrari do with their uh, strategies because they seem to have a lack of strategies. Mm. I don't know what it is. They can do blistering times just single lap times but they can't put together a half decent strategy when it really counts when it really counts yes uh but if we get back into the race lap one uh verstappen trying to make up some places going into the first turn obviously because he had his uh penalty him and hamilton had not exactly a coming together but they both forced each other wide it was a weird sequence of events where i don't think hamilton got squeezed out by vettel then that allowed Max to gain on him. Then they've gone into the corner. I don't think either one of them's given an inch, or because Max and Lewis are very hard racers in their own yeah, right. Yeah, very stubborn. And then going around to the second corner, it's Lewis lost the rear end, forced Max off, but he was forced off by Max, and it's it was all a bit of a weird yeah, coming it's together. Just a bit of a mess. Uh, no one got docked for it or anything. No one got investigated, but 
both drivers uh, went off onto the grass at turn two. And uh, I thought, well, it's not really going to help either of you out, especially when mm. one's going for a championship and one just wants to gain places in the race. All right, but if uh, we carry on, uh, Verstappen on lap four. He's behind Valtteri Bottas after his lap one with Hamilton. He's going into the stadium section of the track. He does a beautiful dive bomb on Bottas. He gets past, but he just wasn't fully passed on the exit of the corner and uh, clips Bottas's front wing, which gives him a puncture, which he later realises he's got as he's going down the front straight past the pit entry. So he, he has to do another full lap with a flat tyre, then pit. So mm. even more to his uh, bad weekend. No, and then um, it's tragic to see. It is, it is tragic to see, especially with someone like Max Verstappen. You know, a hard race, so he probably could have, even with his grip penalty, fought for maybe a win because mm. strategy was all up in the air at Mexico. No, but then uh, more heartbreak for drivers. Lando Norris comes in for his pit stop. Mm. It hurts. He just his, his crew. Uh, they were messing around with the front left and uh, just wasn't on properly. He uh, gets the green light to go and. The minute he gets the green light to go, he goes. Yeah, but then the green light comes back on. Right. The red light comes back on to tell him to stop. But that, all the F1 driver needs is the green light to and go. And they're gone. And yeah. they're going to go. Because that's all they're focusing on. Yeah. As soon as they see that. And then he gets the call over the radio and he can see his front left isn't fully secure. So he has to retire from the race. And he was on for a good race as well. He was, mm. uh, he was up behind all the top six. That kid has the worst luck. He honestly, this season, he's he was going to have some great finishes like at Spa. He was going to finish mm. in fifth and then the car just died. And He's just not had the luck when he's really needed it. Mm. But he's, we can still see he's so, a great emerging talent. And if this is him like with all the bad luck, then bring on him with good get luck. It all like, way, yeah. Get it all out of the way in the first season and see what he does. In if he the, can only go up from now, then it, it's oh, all yeah. good things. It'd be good to see how we do when um, McLaren get the Mercedes engines back. Oh, I'm very. I'm looking forward to that. I think that's going to be quite interesting. Hmm. I think because the Mercedes have got quite a strong power unit. Obviously, not as good as uh, Ferraris this season, hmm. but always going to be quite a strong power unit hmm. with Mercedes engineering. So, and with uh, McLaren's just technical upgrades with the chassis and the aero, hmm. I think it's going to be a very strong and the package. Lack of Fernando. Yeah, I, I, hmm. see, everyone says he's a great job. I do not think he really helped McLaren out when he was with them because no, just didn't. look at the progress they've made with him gone they the team just seem a happier team if mm. you know what i mean with uh lando norris and carlos Sainz just bringing the energy up and uh it just all seemed to have gone up yeah. from there. but don't get me wrong fernando is a brilliant driver but i just think sometimes when things aren't going his way he just gets into the mood of i'm a two-time world champion you listen mm. to me yeah do it my way or no way that, that's whatsoever. pretty much how that team went last year it, it was last it was year. nicknamed it was team just, fernando yeah it was just like they like and they admitted it in the um drive to survive series that they were pretty much trying to build the car around him because they wanted to keep him in the team i mean i don't blame him he's a two-time world champion he's and like, a brilliant driver because he could do magic in the car but when it's not good for the team i think they really need to do, look at that and think yeah Okay, we are we are losing out here trying to build a car around Fernando Alonso, but mm. choice was taken out of the hands anyway. It's literally retired. like you said. It's like there's a whole new energy around the team. It is. You just see the team f seems happier. Yeah. But mm. after every race, we, I know they're performing better, so obviously it's going to make them happier. But even like the first race, they just team like with the two teammates getting along like they did. Everyone just seems in a better mood. Mm. Yeah. So. And it's good to hear a team actually joke with the drivers over the radio. Yeah. Oh, it's great. That's just brilliant. Carlos Sainz and Tom, is, it's a beautiful pairing, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful relationship. It is just, just great to see. Especially, I think it was at Hungary when he, um, when Tom came over the radio and said, OK, Darren. And then uh, <laughs> Carlos Sainz has gone, uh, I don't know who Darren is. And <laughs> they're just having a bit of banter between the two of them. Oh, it's just great to hear and great to yeah. see McLaren finally getting back to their winning weight. Well, not winning ways, but, but on, on the progression. up, on the up yeah. to becoming yeah. winners again. Uh, if we carry on with the race, uh, we had Danny Kvyat doing, going back to his old way, yeah. should we say. So Danny Kvyat doing a turn, Danny Kvyat. Yep, he's gone into the final corner in, behind Nico Hülkenberg. Nico Hülkenberg's going through the corner. It's not really an overtaking spot. So Daniel Kvyat, what's he decided to do? Stick his nose in and take Nico Hülkenberg out. Just in a typical Dan, uh, Daniel Kvyat move. 
Yep, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I, said, I watched the replay of it. He's literally just punted him in the back in his rear wheel. Like, <laughs> There's nothing more to it. He's not even tried to like overtake. He's just sort of. It's like he couldn't slow the car down enough. And he's like, well, Hulkenberg's there. Might as well just take him out quickly. Yes. So uh, Hulkenberg ended up in the wall and uh, ruined his race. I don't think uh, Kvyat got a grid penalty or anything or a penalty for it. I don't. I didn't see one come up. Of course. But even with uh, everything going on, it was a bit of an uneventful race, an anti-climax, if you will. Everyone was seeing the rain at the start of the uh, weekend, thinking, oh, we're going to get a wet <laughs> race. But the, the rain never came to anything. All the tyre degradation and the strategies just caused a lot of mayhem and confusion with the teams. They just... It was a bit of an anti-climax, but even with yeah. all the uh, tyre strategy mix-ups and uncertainties, Hamilton still managed to come out on top, winning the race. But since Valtteri Bottas finished in third, uh, the title uh, fight rolls on to Austin, where Hamilton has to win by four points. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Austin. I think it's going to be a mm. good Grand Prix, and... Uh, I think Hamilton will easily wrap up the title in Austin. To yeah, be yeah. It's I think I think it's a bit of a given. But Jared, I think if you want to take us on to some of the uh, latest news, F one news, yeah, latest F one news, the uh, new regulation update that came out recently for the twenty twenty one season. Uh, yeah, to uh, start off with, which is a be an interesting thing to see from like how all the teams deal with it is. Um, Every team being capped to a budget of 175 million a year on See, performance, yeah, yeah, that's all on performance upgrades. It doesn't mm. matter about the media or the uh, driver yeah. salary or anything. I think it's going to help. I think it's a great idea. I've seen other people say it's not going to help, they're not going to be able to police it, and the teams will just work around it. But I think if they actually police it right, I think it will actually help some of the mm. uh, lower teams, it yeah, it'll make it more competitive. Definitely, oh, yeah. I mean, a team like Williams, I've from what I've heard, I apparently they're not even spending nearly a million on R and D, where like Mercedes are spelling, spending hundreds of millions. How could you even ask them to to compete at that? They're not going to, be point, able yeah. to. No, but I think with this salary cap, keeping all the top teams down, it might give a chance for like teams like Renault, Racing Point, and other teams like that to maybe fight up the grid and get for some more uh, podiums and uh, mm. maybe yeah, just be a bit closer. I think it'll make for a lot of closer racing. Which I'm for one, um, all four. Because mm. the state of F1 at the moment, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I still enjoy watching the Grand Prix, and we have the good one every so often. But mm. the I'll, first half, I think, with just Mercedes. Yeah, Mercedes' away. dominance on the first half was just too much. Mm. I think that definitely, like, once you see how many uh, one twos they had at the start of the season, you knew that they wrapped up this season like within the first five yeah. races. Mm. But and when we did see the second half where there's Charles fighting with Max and just all that fighting at the top and in mid-teams, it's just interesting, wasn't it? It's just got a lot more interesting. Yeah. Just imagine if they started the season by scoring points after the summer break, mm. where we'd be. I think it'd be amazing to see. Yeah. Like, just to quit, like Jack mentioned with um, Leclerc, it was, a, it was mad to see how over, how like overjoyed the Italian fans were when Leclerc won in Monza. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Because it's just swarmed the track. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the Tafosi. They're probably one of the most passionate fan bases mm. you'll ever see. But that was just great to, great to sort of say, because, like, we were, like, because obviously, well, we wouldn't have remembered, like, the early 2000s or anything, because we were barely children. Little babies. Yeah. But, like, hearing about, like, how the... To find people like just swarm a trap whenever a throw one or anything, and actually being able to witness it once was pretty. Cool. It is a, it is an amazing sight to see all the Italians like just running over the track and just in like the joy on their faces watching yeah, their home team win. It is a great sight to see. It's it's all it's more than, but if you're going to compare it to anything, it'd be a bit more the British fans yeah. at Silverstone when Hamilton wins. Yeah, not as emotional because it's the Italians. They are probably one of the most passionate fan bases like i've mm. said in the world but it, if you're going to compare it to anything it'll probably be that yeah, yeah. no but if you want to continue with some uh, regulations what we've got next yeah, carrying on with the regulations is i think saying that um if a team brings a test item to a weekend they'll either have to commit to running that item all weekend or run it or run it in one or both free practice one and two sessions before taking it off the car 
and saving it for the next event. So putting in a bit of a gamble of do they just run the whole thing and see what it does in yeah, the race. You could potentially waste those. I see, to be fair, I see what teams might end up doing is just run it for the first two practice sessions, take it off, run it for another two practice sessions and then keep doing that because they're not really going to take a gamble on something unless it's a team like Red Bull. I could see Red Bull taking a gamble. Red Bull would probably be the ones to gamble it a bit. So go, let's just run this new part in the race and see what happens. But I could just see teams like Mercedes, the way they're structured to be, right, do two tests, see what their data is like. If it's any good, like after the test, Mm. maybe we'll test it one more time just to make sure it weren't a fluke. And then after that, put it on for the third race. Because I don't see a team like Mercedes, the way they're built and the way that yeah. their philosophy is being like, right, done it for testing, looks all right, slap it on the car. Mm. I think they'd be more well-structured. I think I'd see more teams doing that. But yeah. in the case of like Red Bull, maybe they get to Monaco or something, test a, like a new downforce upgrade or a new mm. chassis upgrade and think, that's ah, Monaco, we'll give it a go. That's yeah. the thing. Give it a punt. That's the hardest bit about it. If you want to make some changes and test for a specific track... You then have to con- put that in almost your schedule because you've almost got to write off the f- practice <coughs> sessions of the race before to develop it for the next one. It's not like you can oh, do yeah. it then and there. So it, it would take a lot of strategy. And if you're going to design out. a part for a certain track, you have to run it in the first two practice sessions, do quick bit of analysis and look over your data and yeah. think, and then make that split second judgment of thinking, yep, we'll put it on. And it's hard to do that uh, when you're not on the track. Oh, that's oh, a gamble. It's going to be it's going to be down to the driver, team principal, and lead engineer. I think mm. they're going to all sit around and be like, "Look, did you like it on the car? Okay, yeah, no. What did the data say, uh, team lead engineer? Okay, it said this, and then team principal would look at both and be like, "Well, what do we think? Are we putting it on or not?" And then uh, yeah, we put it on next time. I think it, I think it's going to add to a lot more interesting. Yeah, no, it will mm. be interesting. Yeah, and. Uh... These are what one of the two things apart from the 18 inch wheels that they keep pushing <laughs> is that the um, the 2021 cars are losing just 15% of their downforce when they're one car length behind the when a car's following year's, another car, yeah, yeah, but uh, compared to this year's cars where they're where it's closer to 50% loss. That's definitely going to help. Yeah, because that obviously means closer racing. and. I mean, all you had to do was look at places like Monza. Mm. When uh, it was, I think it was Hamilton trying to overtake Charles Leclerc going down the straight. Because of the power unit, he got away just coming off the corner of yeah. the Parabolica. And then at the end of the straight, all the dirty air mixed in that Hamilton was trying to slipstream through. Once he got to the end of the straight, he just didn't have enough slipstream because of the dirty air and the downforce mm. to get in the edge to get past uh, Charles Leclerc. So I think if they're able to follow a lot closer, not only will we see better racing through the technical sections of the track, maybe we'll see cars die bombing a lot more. Like mm. I know we see a lot of die bombs now with DRS and everything, but mm. I think if they're able to follow and not lose downforce and keep going through the straights, I think it's going to... I think we're going to see some uh, more Danny, I was going to say Danny Rick, you know, just your cheeky dive bomb through Monaco and everything, you know, you, you could just see him going like uh, the Fairmont hairpin just straight <laughs> down there because he'd be able to follow all through the casino section. Yeah, he'll be right behind and then just pounce. Fairmont, he's just like, yep, that's my spot now. Thank you. <laughs> no. Yeah. And um, I can't read down, but I did remember that, uh, to do with uh, DRS for 2021, they are keeping it, but they're keeping it as a precautionary. If if the the way that the aerodynamics have been reworked and everything improves the racing and people are getting clo- are getting closer to each other without DRS, they'll then completely remove it from the regulations. So oh, it's I all, see. It's yeah. sort of like it's, they'll see it's how it there. goes. Like the DRS will stay there, and they'll be like, "Right, how is the racing going with it?" And then if they feel like, "Let's try race without DRS and see how it goes," that they'll sort of make a judgment on: do they remove it for the next season or do they keep it? I don't know. I, I think DRS obviously really helps when you're going down the straights and you get mm. that extra. I think it's I think they say it's an extra twenty kilometers per hour that gives you yeah, DRS. Around that, yeah. I don't know what it'd be, because obviously all we've ever known, like, well, all I've ever known from watching F1 is DRS. I mean, yeah. I think the cars, because they're, 
some of them are so evenly matched, like a Ferrari and a Mercedes. They need something just to give them mm. that edge to like get past. So I th- I don't see him ever ditching DRS just because if the cars are going to be in a lot more of a par with these new regulation updates, mm. I think they're going to need that one thing if it's not DRS, like a curve system, just to yeah. give them that extra sort of power boost to uh, mm. get past the car in front. Because at the end of the day, that is just speculation for him. Just yeah. to see what happens. And... I understand them thinking about taking yeah. it out, but I don't see it ever really somebody, happening. Somebody tells me that was just them listening to Lewis complain at a press conference, as they always do. <laughs> if they always listen to Lewis complain, then everyone would look completely <laughs> different. Yeah, like him saying, oh, I wanted to go back to manual gearboxes. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. That, that's not going to happen now. <laughs> Vettel with his V12s. <laughs> and then, you hear, then you hear the stats of Ferrari with V12s barely finishing races. <laughs> it's like, uh, are you sure, Vettel? No, nah, not going to happen. But then uh, one of the last things, um, for teams' time in the wind tunnel, is set to be reduced even further for 2021. It will become hard for one team to simply just out-develop the competition and roar off so ahead they are really cutting down the upgrades arm race is mm. what i'm getting and yeah. he says that should that should mean the pack gets tightened up even further they can turn on track particularly fp1 and fp2 all that more important i was say they are making practice sessions a lot more important now but what i would have liked to have seen is them take away fp3 completely yeah because i thought every race we've seen where fp3 has been either cancelled or not been able to run it's been quite an unpredictable race, and I've, I've mm. quite enjoyed it. So I would have liked to have seen them, make, even if they trial it next season, trial getting rid of FP3. I think that would quite improve a bit of racing. Mm. It might work the same, because obviously now you've, you have uh, you have to get everything, like your car has to be ready in FP3. So it, you, you will have less time to practice, especially if you're trying to work out stuff for the next tracks and mm. make the most of those uh, practice one and two. So it might have that same effect. It might yeah. do, but the, the way it's looking like, it's, you've got less time to set up your car. So it's not like you haven't got tyre information. It's Your car's just not going to be set up the way you want it. So I, I, don't, I don't know. It could just be a complete mess. Yeah. That's my worry. It's like they, they've chucked so mm. much and changed so much. I don't want them to almost just write off a season for trying to work it all out and trying to yeah. make it all work. No, I think some things need to be implemented slowly, but they've just all sort of gone with, we thought of these ideas, try Let's them chuck all now. It all at once, yeah. yeah but that, that's my worry, that they almost chuck off a season just trying like... to get their rules right. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of like, They've already provided so much information. I have a feeling they have actually thought it all through. Oh, and they yeah, they've been, I think they've right. been planning this since, like, 2017 or something. Yeah. yeah. They but have been planning Practicing for a while. and, like, planning and then putting into actual play is, uh, is all three completely different yeah. things. But when you actually see how it works when oh, you're yeah, doing yeah, it, yeah. 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 yeah, it will be different. No, but, but that, that's, that's all for the I think that's uh, I think that's all for F1. Jack, if you want to take us on to some new cars you've found this week. For some crazy cars. Crazy cars, are they? Crazy cars. Oh, God, I've heard so about that thing. We're starting with the Suzuki Hanare, which is the Japanese term for a small dwelling built on the side of a house. It's an autonomous pod-style vehicle designed for an efficient future. That uh, is a hippie's, like, dream. <laughs> That's a hippie's wet dream. <laughs> Electric and looks like a camper van. It, that's literally it. Just imagine all the hippies hotboxing in that van. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's electric, bro. I'm assuming it's electric, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's so electric. They, they say that this machine allows users to work or rest during long journeys. And the Hanare is capable of being customized for different users. So there's a large going door on the side which opens up from one end to the other end of the vehicle. It just takes the entire side off your vehicle. Yeah, and that just reveals the interior with like that interactive annoying screens for and sofas. You won't have to, it's autonomous. <laughs> I guess you just get out and let it park itself and then you just uh, get the car to drive forward and you hop in. But I just can't, I can't see how that would ever be. I, I guess in, say if that was an actual like feature of society like there's a lane for these for like commuters you on your way you do stuff but i just can't in today's society i can't see this fitting in. I yeah I can't to be fair, i think it'd be quite cool to be fair. like just imagine you're commuting 
you just sit, wake up, you like wake up, quickly hop in the car. You can get like yeah. five more minutes or ten more minutes It'd be of ideal sleep. For quickly uh, get dressed and everything in there and get all set up. And well, then... and you can like carpool, can't you? Because you can fit enough people in there. You could get all the office in the same bus on the yeah. way. I think it'd be a good idea, but how like, it ever work? I, I don't can see know. It in like the distant future where this is more of a normal thing. It working, but like Jackson with society today where. It's a lot of people that want to drive the cars themselves. Yeah. It wouldn't work too well because it's still a new technology. I think it's probably, like you say, it's probably a little bit early, but I do like the concept. Yeah, no, I, I like My only idea. thing is, could they at least make it look a little bit better? Because yeah. <laughs> it just looks like a brick with wheels. Mind you, if you can customise the interior, I suppose you're not going to look at the outside very much, are you? And your inside could be insane. Yeah, but if we can just customise the exterior, maybe put a diffuser, a sick rear wing oh, on yeah. it, <laughs> and a <laughs> splitter. Oh, is it? I'll laugh if someone's just like, right, here's my idea for customising the interior of this thing. Bags. Take... <laughs> Pants and road to <laughs> <laughs> It's a build, bro. Jeez, <laughs> just it's like here's my vision. Just take the seats out, and then they put a uh, put a racing rig inside it. <laughs> oh my god! Could you imagine like a full on sim setup in that vehicle? So just going to work, going to do a quick race. Uh, right. So what what did you do on your commute? Did you answer a few emails? Uh, no, no. Basically, what I did was like five laps of uh, Imola and uh, did a bit of Monza while I was there. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I don't know what you mean by that. Come look at my car. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of putting a bed in it and get some extra Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, oh, you would, there. you lazy boy. <laughs> <laughs> On my way there, getting a bit of extra nappy now. <laughs> but I, I think it's a cool concept, little too early. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once society's ready for it, I'm sure it'll be um, so, I mean, society's not ready for all the electric cars yet, so... Mm. Keep petrol going. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so, my God. Say hello to the Lexus LF30. Uh, I'm going to start by clarifying because the pictures, they don't really show it, but it is a massive car. It's 16 foot long and 6 foot wide and it weighs 2.5 tons. Jesus, that's like a mini bus. Yeah, and it's mainly heavy because it has uh, has four electric motors, one for each wheel. So it can run in front wheel drive, all wheel drive or rear wheel drive, depending on the conditions. And it has a combined 536 brake horsepower and 700 newton meters of torque. Those seats look, like look like they're out of Star Trek. Jesus. Yeah. So 0 to 60 in 3.8 seconds, and you can cover up to 311 miles between charges and supports wireless charging. Okay. But this is just what I'd expect future cars to look like. <laughs> did, you, oh, did you see the pause play button? Yeah. <laughs> on the throttle and stop. the brake. Stop. Give me a minute. Stop. Go. Stop. Go. <laughs> Look I'm at the steering wheel. I mean, that, that looks like it's a fighter jet. It's more the fact that the passenger gets their yeah, own, gets their own dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine they can start playing around with the power that is delivering. You get your one just arse over, mate, who just, just like, to really the power down. You. Like you say, to, I want you to be helpful, or when you to turn the power up, just turns it down. Down. Try and pull away from the light. Or, like, or like, or like, if it's if there's somewhere quite icy, slippery. Mm. Traction control, oh, traction man. control, and rear wheel drive. Hey, that's <laughs> fun getting around it now. No, but I don't get what it is with all these futuristic cars. Why do they all have to be like so, like futuristic? <laughs> it's weird. It's like because you know that if that was going to production, it would just look like I under gets. It yeah. would, but like, why is it? It's not like they said to a kid. Can you draw us an electric car of the future, please? A spaceship. And then man. it's like, there you go. And it's just got all these like lines, and it's. I don't get it. Just what? What's wrong with the way cars look now? The question is, we're seeing loads and loads more of these like crazy futuristic electric cars. In our lifetime, is this going to be the norm? That would be weird to see. Just imagine, like we're slating it all now, and then. But like, we're young. We've still got. And then, like thirty years later, like twenty fifty. That, that's just like the normal yeah. car for people nowadays. It could be. It could be. I mean, but they just all. I know they're concept cars, but they just seem way more gimmicky than practical. Oh, like, definitely. Look at oh, the yeah. Seats, like. I definitely. They'd be like, this is the LF30, and then when it actually comes down to production, oh, it just looks like an LF. Like Jared said, it'll just be a Honda Get. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, oh god. god. Yeah. So now is the Mercedes EQS. 
So essentially, this is the S class. I'm blind. The green version. <laughs> I was going to say, if you do not want to come up against this in like a country road, it would blind you. Yep. <laughs> so starting specs wise, it has 300 mile range, estimated price of 80,000. And it's expected to re be released in 2020. It has two electric motors pumping out 469 brake horsepower, which is 0-60 in about 4.5 seconds. The main downside is now we don't have the Mercedes V8 Raw, which, I mean, we all know I love. Could you really buy an S-Class and that's what pulls up? <laughs> I've got the new S-Class. I is mean... That, is that the E-Class? Like, it just doesn't... Just, it's, so you have the sound of silence instead of a V8. Yeah, but just look at the body weight. It just looks. There's Connor's no e there's no edge to it. It's just round. It's just, I can I can tell you now that when that comes out next year, it's just going to look like any other bog standard Mercedes. It probably yeah. will. Yeah. It's like look at this concept. It's amazing. Oh, it just looks like a standard. It's a concept now. car, and it's like right. Did you build me my concept car? Uh, we tried. But we couldn't, so we built an S-Class. <laughs> <laughs> we just took the one from last year and swapped the power. We just put, we just put uh, electrics in it in, in, instead of a, a V8 this time. There <laughs> you go. You, hope you don't mind. <laughs> Pay <laughs> us money. <laughs> guarantee it won't even have that interior. It would yeah. just be <laughs> shown either. It would just be nothing like it. It would just be... It would just be... It looks like the interior of a Mercedes out of the 2000s. It's like, oh... Okay. <laughs> I recognise this. <laughs> <laughs> Not even got cruise control. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's got uh, a motor on each axle and a central battery, so it has a good uh, centre, like it has balance. Uh, and a massive centre infotainment screen, similar to the one in the Tesla. However, Mercedes has gone further and given the occupant their own infotainment screen integrated into the door armrests. Because why not? Have it. I heard you like screens, so I put more screens on your screen yeah. so you can have more screens. But that's just a. Is that not just a waste of space? Just having this. Well, the thing is that they've missed out something quite important: a speedometer. Ah, you don't uh, need that. It'd probably just be a heads-up display anyway. On the you probably uh, won't even drive it. It'll probably drive <laughs> itself. Yeah, it's got the steering wheel there for show, just to make you feel more comfortable. I What's with all these futuristic steering wheels? I don't as well? like it. <laughs> they look dangerous. I'm not going to complain. Because, I actually kind of like it. Because how, with a square steering wheel, are you meant to comfortably go from <laughs> feed lock the to wheel? Lock? <laughs> because it'll be sort of turn it a bit, grab the top, <laughs> grab the bottom, turn it a bit. Yeah, what would I see? Turn it more. That is, grab the top, grab the bottom. That is next year's problem, <laughs> just admire today. I can't admire it. <laughs> Jarrah's still in the feed the wheel process of driving, no, this... so they, they, they go into the new driving lesson. Right, there's a new technique here. <laughs> right, you it's just called. Just throw the steering wheel. Throw just it. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta chuck it and catch it on the other side. <laughs> Just imagine the amount of learners Sorry. start crashing because of it. <laughs> right, remember, throw and catch. Throw and... Oh, we're in the ditch, you idiot. <laughs> imagine these become so normal that that is the learning bar. <laughs> you just you just go along. It's like you have the people from our generation that are still trying to feed the wheel through. It's just the new generation. It's just like, yeah, I just need to take a right turn quickly and just throws it. <laughs> Get so good at it, you can throw it and it does two rotations and catch it. <laughs> yeah. like, boom, got it. <laughs> Nailed so if it. someone ever fails you for your driving test and it's something to do with feeding the wheel, just tell them. That's gonna be that's gonna that's be out of window soon. Next year, it's <laughs> yeah. No more feeding the wheel. Twenty twenty. It's all about the throw and catch. <laughs> it's all about the throw, throw and, and catch. catch. Tell your driving instructor that if he says he doesn't know anything about it, sack him. <laughs> sack him Get on rid the spot. Of him. He is a useless driving instructor, or she, she or he is a useless driving instructor. Or it. Or mm. it. <laughs> Yeah, can't we're gonna copyright it. the statement throw and catch because yeah, it's gonna it's take off. It's gonna be, <laughs> gonna be like a t uh, Toyota advert. The new throw, throw and, and catch. catch. <laughs> Pay me royalties. <laughs> take <them> to <laughs> lawsuit. Hey. Oh. I'm gonna take off your business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. So to conclude, everyone get ready for the throw and catch. Yeah, everyone, just get ready. It's coming. It. No, you the can't fight it. It's coming. No. So if we uh into a car debate. What have we got this time? We have got 2019 pickup trucks. I guess you could call them that. <laughs> yeah, they're pickup trucks. They're more midlife crisis. Mid <laughs> I mean, Richard Hammond said it best. He did it? say it. I'm they, going through a midlife crisis. They, they are for the farmer. 
that wants to be different. <laughs> no, the person who lives in the city, but their dad's a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> There's they, some heritage there. They, they remind you every five minutes that they used to. They never used to live in the city. They came from the farm. <laughs> They've got like a really heavy farmer's accent. It's like, I used to live in the no, no, they, don't, they lost that. They're in the city now. But <laughs> yeah, they brag. But they brag about to everyone else that they know what a shit a actually looks like. <laughs> but it's like, get. It's like I heard it going on a little bit of tangent. It's like. Um, people from like from up north where there are heavy accents they manage to lose their accent quickly being down south but they get a few drinks in them and the accent comes back <laughs> <laughs> you can, uh, I can imagine that with that they're kind talking of, about their pickup when they're talking about their pickup I mean it's and, pick up, it's pick up some, pride that's what it is and then just the Somerset accent comes out again <laughs> It's you are up, done for. It's pick up pride from little men. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. I can't imagine, like, you know, like the construction worker, the guy who spends no time on the ground. He just works in London in the big office building, runs a construction company. But he's got the, the four-wheel drive for, you know, when he needs to go when to he, the when site. When he goes to his once site. Once a year. Yeah. And it's not even to, like, a dirty site. It's when it's finished and it's got tarmac roads. He's like, yeah, yeah, I go on my site all the time. He gets it detailed once a week. <laughs> uh, right. Right. Okay, I have actual stats. Right, I will start us off. I have the Volkswagen Amarok Aventura. Oh, 2019. Fancy. It is a 3 litre turbocharged V6 diesel. V6, V6, V6. V6 diesel, putting up 254 brake horsepower and 428 foot pound of torque. Top speed of 127 miles per hour, all coming from an 8 speed automatic gearbox, 4x4, obviously, because. Yeah. You know, if it's a pickup, it's got to be 4x4. Four four. It has to be. <laughs> uh, 0-60 in 7.4 seconds. Uh, all bells and whistles. You've got double action shocks, front and rear. Diff locks on your front and rear because you've got uh, two diffs being four-wheel drive. Electronic brake force dis- distribution. Di- distribution. Can't, can't English today. That's the one. <laughs> distribution. Hill descent control. Uh, part leather interior. I was about to say hill toe control. <laughs> <laughs> Just go for it. Do some sick drifts. No. Uh, trip computer, aircon and cruise control, and all other sorts of uh, general infotainment stuff. All this will cost you about forty-six thousand pounds, depending depending on spec. Because obviously, this golf they're going to make uh, VW. They're going to make like fourteen different specs. Yeah, yeah. But. I think it's a pretty solid looking uh, yeah, pickup truck. Yeah, it looks nice. I'm for I mean, it. The interior is a bit dull. I mean, it's a VW. It's a Golf. It's not a Golf. <laughs> yeah, but the interior is a Golf. Okay, the interior might be a Golf. <laughs> this is the midlife crisis Golf. <laughs> well, it's like I am ready to start going camping in the middle of nowhere at the age of forty. <laughs> no, but I just think you've made the exterior look semi okay. At least do something with the interior as well. Mm. I don't mind it though. As far as, far as a pickup truck goes, it's... I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong; it's all right. That's said, the screws has been ripped straight out of a Skoda. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> well. Probably <laughs> is, mate. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> hate to break this one because, too, yeah. like, I was <laughs> being ripped I, out of a Skoda I, and a Volkswagen <laughs> and every other car it's, underneath it's just because it. Because I just sat here and just thought, hmm, that send, that center console looks oddly familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's because, Jared. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but uh, all, all in all, I think it's a... Uh, the Amarok is a solid car. Solid pickup truck. Oh, yeah. Pickup truck, sorry. Pick- Whoa. We can't did you just call my pickup truck a car, bro? That's why we're all so lost for words. We just love pickup trucks so Clearly. much. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I like a pickup truck. Yeah, no, I can, I can appreciate it. I have it. no need for a pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my only issue here. For the one day a year it snows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can be in style. I can drive around in style in my pickup truck. So I am doing the Mercedes X-Class. So the X350D is uh, powered by Mercedes 3-litre V6 turbo diesel, produces 258 brake horsepower and 550 newton metres of torque, which is all sent to the all four wheels by Mercedes 4MATIC four-wheel drive system. And as a 7G Tronic 7-speed automatic gearbox, which I don't know anything about, but it's Mercedes. Mercedes. Let's just slap like it's loads of random good. letters yeah. and words yeah. on it and make it sound brilliant. Just so being German. This does 0 to 60 in 7.5 seconds, and it has a top speed of 127. 
It's nice having German cars that we don't have to just say 155. <laughs> yeah. They don't get there. <laughs> I was going to say, they're too heavy to get there. And there's a range of different driving modes, every single one that you can imagine. Uh, some of the highlights of the the specs are inside, it has like 18-inch alloys, as you'd expect, dual-zone air conditioning, LED headlights, Mercedes Me Connect, the infotainment system inside, leather on most surfaces in there, and most. as far as I could find, the rough price is around the 46000 mark as well. Yeah, I think that's pretty standard price for a pickup truck nowadays. You know, meant to be a uh, farmer's vehicle, conventional, cheap. Well, <laughs> well, and that's not happening anymore. When you find that Mercedes is making one, you know, <laughs> that's out the window. For the uh, soccer mum, who wants to look like she came from the country. <laughs> she wears the tweed as well. She wears the tweed, I bet she wears the flat cap and everything. <laughs> Where did you come from? Ah, oh, nice bridge. <laughs> Where did you come from? Cotton on Joe? <laughs> okay, we'll carry on. Uh, so Jared, what do you have? I I have the Ford Ranger, the new one coming out. Uh, go the information was pretty hard to find on this because it just was. But um, I did see that these are being sold for around twenty three thousand. So what? A lot. Bargains. Jesus. <laughs> Ford just going to undercut everyone on price. Well, you haven't heard the but specs from, uh, yet. From what <laughs> 50 brake horsepower. I've, from what I've managed to find, it's got a 2-litre EcoBlue diesel engines. It's got three to go from, which are naturally aspirated, which I think is 131 horsepower. Jesus. Oh, um, God. She's slacking. She is right. A turbo puts it to nearly 200, and then a bi-turbo, which is the one I'm doing, which puts it to 213 horsepower. Barely got enough power Slowly to move. 10-speed <laughs> um, automatic. I don't Ooh, know why it needs to take Jesus. it, but it's got them. Does it, does it rev high or is, is it all growl and no go? Is that what <laughs> it is? Got all that 10-speed, because uh, it's got revving and everything. 10-speed, <laughs> but, uh, but we're never going to get to the 10th gear. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, that's not just for power. It's all uh, revs and no power. Um, for um, the just interior stuff and Bits things. Bits and bobs. Oh, I did put them down there. Uh, well, it's, it, 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 it's a standard <laughs> Ford interior with orange. To quote uh, Ferrari out of Ford and Ferrari, Ford make ugly little cars in <laughs> ugly little factories. <laughs> At least this time they can't say little. <laughs> big. Ford make big ugly cars. Yeah, everything in else big is ugly fine. factories. <laughs> Some comes with um, an intelligent speed limiter instead of an unintelligent one. What's Great. it do? Like you set it to sixty and it sets you to fifty nine or something. It, it says it, it all, automatically <laughs> slows down and speeds up to match speed limits with the cruise control set. I love driving my car. And then it takes control of it and slows <laughs> me down. You're driving 30 and you go into a 20 and it automatically slams the brakes on. I need to speed up to save a child and get round an obstacle. But no, the car is intelligent. <laughs> the car says it's safe. The car says I have to drive that this That child six. can wait. <laughs> I mean, it's only a child. It's lived his life, isn't it? Just run it over. <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> no, okay. Just me? <laughs> Uh, nothing comes with his uh, lane keeping alert. So tells you you're going into the next lane. I think you can tell because you'll be going into the next lane. And and have you ever heard any of them go off? Miss you. They're no, all they're one-sided like... to whatever side you're going into whatever lane. So say you're going to drift into the left-hand lane. Literally, the buzzer that goes off is like deafening. <laughs> like, it will wake you up. Like, when you're trying to sleep in your car on the motorway and everything. <laughs> you're driving along <laughs> having a nap. <laughs> it's so annoying, it wakes me up. God's sake, just let me drift along. <laughs> let me go into the guardrail. Traffic sign recognition. I think that's called the driver. What, is, <laughs> what does it do with the information? <laughs> it just reads it. Yeah, oh, much. yeah, by the way, you're in a 30, mate. Uh, that's all. <laughs> Well, it shouldn't have to tell you you're in a 30 because it'll put you at 30 anyway. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, would it? Uh, front I don't and rear parking sensors. I really do not want to buy this Ford. <laughs> There's a few Fords I would buy, like the GT and some uh, Focus RSs, but this thing is not for you. No, <laughs> I'm not having a car be like, by the way, you're in a 20, now I'm going to slam the brakes on. <laughs> Have fun. What Survive if you can. 
the rest of it is sort of what you would expect. Front and rear parking sensors, rear view camera, because that's needed. Wait, it doesn't park itself for me? It tells me it can slam the brakes on for me, but it can't park for me. <laughs> Bloody hell. Electronic Could've stability English, control but... with rollover mitigation and trailer sway control as standard. What? <laughs> basically, it says... Basically, long long way of going about it. It can keep it still. It can stop it from rolling over. And if your trailer's decided to go for a wiggle, it will stop it. So you're telling How me it that it has a system over? to stop the car rolling over? What is it? Just like extend a bit of like metal every Do time you know you're what about it does? to drift over? It reads that the signs are going <laughs> upside down. And it tells itself, <laughs> you need to get back up. <laughs> <laughs> this sign isn't straight. <laughs> so hang on. What happens when a hooligan's knocked over a sign and it's upside down? It and you're driving normally. <laughs> it just flips. <laughs> oh no! You just be driving normally and the car just bounces onto its roof. It's like, oh no, fuck! And the intelligent speed speeds up the process to keep you safe. Yeah, it sees the speed limit as a national speed limit sign as well. <laughs> Accelerates you to seventy on your roof. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> just oh, God. flying out from your roof. You just see the driver sat there calmly. Yeah. Very calmly. Very. As, because as, the car's in control. As, <laughs> as Ford drivers are. Of course. They are very calm Sitting drivers. Back, you, you know you don't have to worry because the car knows he that. And your trailer's not swaying because of, <laughs> because of the uh, anti-trailer swaying. I mean, the trailer's not attached <laughs> when you're on your roof. <laughs> but, like, he's, he's there. He's got his hands on steering wheel and he just... He just goes for the rest of his drive on his roof and he turns on his roof. Yeah, that's how it works, isn't it? Yeah. So Sounds why about do right. rally drivers not use this anti-rollover device that Ford have magically developed? <laughs> it makes life too easy, that. They <laughs> <laughs> could drive on their roof if they wanted to. Oh, God. Yeah, the, no, this I pickup think, truck is... I think it's safe no. to say <laughs> we all dislike the Ford. Yes. Right. So if we're going to go between anything, it's the uh, Volkswagen and the Mercedes. <laughs> yes. Well, let, uh, let's start with uh, price. All the Ford wins. True. <laughs> yeah, but you're... Ha, hang on. How well, does the we've got to give it something well, before hey, we well, move well, on. How does it win? How is it... Hang on. I know it wins, but how is it so cheap when you get all this amazing technology? Oh, I don't probably know. Probably because the technology is Chinese. Okay, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you win on price... And that's it. That's about it. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. So if we're looking exterior, exterior looks. Do you know what? I'm going to be honest. I found the Mercedes. I found a couple different specs when I was searching that I thought were beautiful, such as if you're watching on YouTube, there's this black and grey one that I think looks amazing. However, the ones that didn't look good outweighed the ones that did. Whereas in my personal opinion, like on average, the VW... In whatever spec looks looks oh, good. Yeah, that's mm. what I, was I yeah. think the VW just looks better than the X class. So. Yeah, I, I I think there's a couple X classes that I'm like wow, but overall, the VW takes it for me. So yeah. I think we're saying exterior yeah. going with the uh, VW. Now yeah, I say sure. we interior. What are we thinking about interior? On, I mean, it it's looks a hard. One looks okay for the VW. Yeah, nothing, it's just bugged. nothing to really shout and jump around about. But. I'm really underwhelmed by the X Class's interior because Mercedes normally they're on point with it. They have all mm. the vents and everything. This one just looks a bit tacky. Like it, it yeah. looks just look plain, at it. doesn't just, it? Like it's, even like the, the shifter. It, it looks. It looks cheap for a car that's meant to look expensive. I think, I think Mercedes just threw it together. Yeah, they literally no, have. They've opinion. just taken the wheel from something, they've taken the shift, that it, they've literally just chucked it all together. They've to literally make just looked interior. in their spares pile and thought, pick up truck. Oh, yes. So I think we're going to give it to the Golf. The Golf. The, Golf. <laughs> the VW again. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I did read in the reviews that apparently the X-Class interior also feels as tacky as it looks. I'm not surprised. When you yeah. look at it, it just... It looks cheap. It looks no. like it could fall apart at any minute. Mercedes haven't really done themselves proud with this car. Nice. No. It, it looks like that you were just trying to make a pickup truck. Trying to compete. Oh, trying to, but definitely not succeeding. Yeah. Is what we can say. I ha do have to say, I think the majority of the general population, if they were to buy a pickup truck in the UK, this isn't, this isn't everywhere because that's where we are. I think they would buy the Ford. Most yeah, probably because it's most recognisable. Cheaper and cheaper but yeah, to run it, it, I don't think most people don't need the extra stuff See, that the other two the bring. Three, the three that I've seen are the most common pickup trucks in the UK are the Toyota Hilux, mm. the Nissan Navara, 
and then the Ford. Yeah. Mm. So, but yeah. if you if you're gonna look and try and be a businessman with a pickup truck, you're you're either gonna get the yeah. X class or the VW. But if, if practicality you wise, you're probably I, gonna. The get... majority of people are just gonna go with the Ford because it's the cheapest, and although it doesn't have the crazy technology and looks that the other two have, they're not looking for that when they're buying. They're just, just looking generally for a buying pickup a pickup truck. truck. Yeah, yeah, they just want something for utility that can, tow, that can do to be the... fair it's a Ford so it's going to be pretty reliable yeah. as well mm. isn't it the Ford it, it just it does the job and it does it well and then the other two are just like the extremes they've taken the yeah. idea of a pickup truck and just ran with it and yeah. seen what they can they've do they've tried to add like their hatchback and their uh, other all their technology from their other cars and yeah. yeah try and improve it when it didn't really need anything done to it because mm. a pickup truck's just your bog standard pickup truck yeah. at the end of the day yeah if but, anything, I think the VW looks a bit more rugged than the Mercedes. Yeah, it looks like it'd do more of a bit of work, yeah. but mm. I think they're, they're still city cars in my mind. Like they they were built to be city. Yeah, the Mercedes like, like Mercedes. The Mercedes never does a look like a vehicle, were they? Like the Mercedes does look like a proper Chelsea tractor. Yeah, it does, I just don't it? see it doing pickup truck stuff. <laughs> it's not going to be on the farm. It's not going to be muddy. muddy <laughs> no, you're never going to see it muddy. No, so. So what one would you go out and buy tomorrow? VW. Yeah. I'd probably go VW. Same. Same. If I was looking at it from buying a pickup truck perspective. Probably go for the Amarok. The Amarok's one. The Amarok's one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that one was that an was easier one. Easiest. Yeah, when we're not so passionate about the type of car, it's easy to come to an opinion. <laughs> it's completely unbiased. It's just looking at the facts. But it, does, but it does make the ones where we are more biased entertaining. Yes. Because yeah. it goes on for years. When we're fighting for supercars, we are passionate. <laughs> and hatchbacks, don't forget the hatchbacks. Oh, yeah, hatchbacks are just like... If you if you if you're British and into cars, you always have a part of you that likes a good hatchback. Well, that's because oh, the only thing you can solid. afford at an 18 years of age is a hatchback. Yeah. No. If you don't, you're a bit strange. No, you, I'm no, posh. Yeah. 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 No, you just posh, and Daddy bought you like Mercedes or something. <laughs> yeah, most likely. <laughs> no, but uh, I think that'll do it for this episode of the Car Week podcast. Yes. Uh, follow us on Instagram at and Twitter at Car Week Podcast. Leave us any feedback on there, things you'd like to see, and uh, engage with us. Like, just leave comments on our posts, and uh, yeah, we'll give out to you. And um, whatever platform you're watching or listening to, give us a rating. Really helps. Uh, also, subscribe on whatever platform you're on. And if you're watching on YouTube, please uh, like the video, uh, comment, and subscribe. I think that's everything. Yeah. 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 Thank you for watching. watching. Bye. Bye.